1: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand The Rangers Podcast. This is your extra show for the week, and I am your host as always on Extra Cami Bell. I'm overjoyed to say that on this week's extra, I am joined by our Belfast correspondent, the ever lovely Laura Clark. Laura, how are you? Uh things are a bit dicey over there. Are you staying out of trouble?
0: Yeah, keeping myself to myself. Are you causing growth.
1: it? Are you are you behind <laughs> it all? Have I seen your face on the news? Is this what's happening?
0: instigator but don't get involved
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Laura, we're back on because uh, we are back in league action uh, against Hibs on Sunday and there has been loads of updates coming out across the club since uh, David's flagship on Monday. Um, I think really kind of important pieces of news that are going kind to of come out uh, from the playing staff side is that James Tavenier uh, has put an extension onto his deal, which will take it into another two years. He had a year to run already. Um, and literally minutes before we started recording, Rangers have announced that. Uh, uh, Lean Balligan has extended his contract with the club, which means it will take him to the summer of 2022. Laura, let's um, let's talk about Tav first, if we can, because um, I, I, I think you know we, we are we are literally talking about one of the hot contenders for Player of the Season. Um, he has been a magnificent captain for us. Uh, I think the feeling was that when the manager was asked previously uh, about have potential contract extension it was very much a feeling from the club of you know we are very keen for it to happen you know there was no even the smallest remnant of we want to be able to try and um, you know see what we can take for him or anything else like that it was very much he's part of the family we want to keep him here Um, and I'm very pleased that we were able to conduct our business so quickly with him.
0: When I saw that news coming out in Tuesday, Cammy, that he'd signed that two-year extension. I was delighted. And as you touched on there, I think the club have been very keen to keep players on board. But as Ross Wilson said, they wanted to get the title sewn up. But I don't know if you know, we've been champions for over a month now, Cammy.
1: Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, over a month. Uh, Crazy, Yeah, Jimmy. And we've got more (laughs) than a month to go before we actually get our hands on the trophy itself.
0: Unbelievable
1: but shortly
0: after the title was was sealed we got the Davis deal done, we got the McGregor deal done, we got Tav done and, and obviously now today Liam Balligan and if James Tavernier stays until 2024 and I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't see out the rest of his contract he's going to be with us for nine years so we're getting into testimonial territory there aren't we and he would be totally deserving of that kind of recognition and I know testimonials used to mean something very different in terms of setting a player up financially and so on but if he does stay, I, I would love to see him having a testimonial match and obviously it would be for some form of, of charity in the modern day but he's been absolutely outstanding this season. 17 goals from right back on penalties or not and 41 of appearances and... Of course, the skipper who's going to lift fifty five, and no matter who that captain was going to be, they were they were going to go down in the history books. And I'm absolutely delighted that it's it's James Tavernier because he's experienced those ups and downs, Cami. And I hate that term, the journey. But for him, on a personal level, it, it has been a journey. And when he joined us in what was it 2015, we were in the championship join with teams like Greenock and Alawa, And I know we don't like to think back on that, but it wasn't too long ago. And to come from there, to being a league-winning captain, making Europa League Teams of the Week, it, it's just fantastic and totally deserving. And I just think that he's a great captain and, and a great man, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you were saying that, because since that news broke, I have also been thinking down the lines of you know the testimonial stuff because it's so rare in modern football now to have such a level of commitment from a player to a club. Um, I mean, I've no idea. I genuinely couldn't tell you if you have to have been at the ten-year mark in order to get it. I really couldn't care less if I've been honest, because I totally agree with everything you've just said there in terms of his deservedness of the uh, of 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 the event of a testimonial. But where I think a testimonial might be quite interesting, lot is because. The the challenge that we've got because having been champions now for over a month, I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Um, <laughs> we will lift that trophy in by and large an empty eye box, okay. And you know, yeah. whilst that we've we've been able because as far as I'm concerned, the minute he extends his arms and puts that trophy over his head, that journey has finished. That's the closure of that book, and we'll just throw that book into the ocean. However, I think what what's important is not only to acknowledge, as you say. What he has done within Rangers, because those lows have been proper lows. I mean, proper, proper lows. That actually he's in. I've um, quite a unique experience as as a Rangers captain to have experienced because, by and large, a Rangers captain um, and and talented players, you know, they, they tend to have a a fairly good modicum of success, um, barring outside things like obviously the disasters, etc., and all of that, and you know, the horrible circumstances. He's went from you know, that, 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 the lowest points to the highest points. And the reason is the way I think a testimonial would be so apt is because I think he deserves it in front of a full house. Because even when we get back in next season and we talk about coming back into it, whether we, we gradually get there or et cetera, et cetera, we'll be in a new campaign by that point. Now, Rangers will obviously do something in terms of being able to, to commemorate that accordingly. We're going to do the same thing with, obviously, the, the, the 50th anniversary of the Ibrox disaster. But we we do have those plans in place. We do know that they are certainly going to be in the diary. But for me, I think being able to try and have that testimonial to have an entire stadium dedicated to being there for one guy, um, I think would be very very fitting for him.
0: I do as well. And let's hope you know by the the time that comes around a couple of years, Cammy. Let's hope we're in a far better situation with the pandemic and the way things are going with the vaccine. I'm I'm very hopeful that we will be, but the growth in James Tavernier both as a footballer and a leader I think as fans we would be eager to show our appreciation to him and to be honest Cammy, I do think he's going to improve and I know the manager commented and said that he thinks that that, that Tavernier will still improve and he commented on his, his leadership and how he leads with actions and not words but He's grown in terms of his leadership, he's far more assertive now and although the manager did say he leads with actions rather than words, I've noticed, I don't know if you've picked up on it, I'm sure you have, you can hear in this COVID world we live in with there being no fans in stadiums how vocal he is and I remember when the manager spoke about when he joined there wasn't perhaps a standout leader in terms of outfield players with the group, but there were players who had skills or qualities that he noticed, you know, Stephen Gerrard himself, a great leader, a great captain, and he noticed qualities and skills in, in players who could become leaders and become captains you know it's a debate some people say you, it's something you're born with is it something that's developed and you could probably go into a podcast on that alone but I think we have seen with Tavernier and to be fair with Conor Golsan as well a real growth in terms of their leadership qualities.
1: Yeah and listen I think we mentioned a lot um not only in our in our free shows here but also um on, you know, like a lot of our post matches that we do on our Patreon site, over the last number of years as we've talked about this, is that there's been a, a real desire to bring in winners. You mentioned guys like Alan McGregor and Stephen Davis. We purposely recruited these guys to not only come in for their talent, of which they have an abundance, but also to be able to bring in that uh, that winner's mentality—that you know—we've we've been able to get over the line in previous campaigns. We know what it takes. We've we've travelled that road before, and for Tavernier he hasn't, but he's been able to kind of lean on those guys, in my opinion, and been able to try and come up. And Connor Goldson, and I think those two, Laura, it feels almost like as a bit of a byproduct of being able to bring those players in, those experienced players coming in—they've helped, given them, you know, that kind of platform to be able to to really take that next step. And as you see, he's, he's 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 a captain now, as. A, as a Rangers captain is a winning captain. All right, we can't get away from that. We know that we are predicated in success, and success is only going to come, as you say, with title number fifty-five. Um, and the most important thing I think was to be able to try and allow him the opportunity to do that. I think that the work, um, the graft, I think the growth, I think that you know the the blood and sweat that he's had to put into that have been absolutely magnificent. Um, and I'm, I'm like you, I'm incredibly pleased that he's going to be staying on as uh, uh, you know as, as captain um, for the next couple of years at least. Uh, and my hope is that, again, like I say, he sees that out and we are able to to give him that acknowledgement via a testimonial because I think everybody would love to be able to uh, provide their opportunity to do that. Um, Laura, keen to get your thoughts uh, on the most recent news, which is uh, our extension of Wayne Balligan, uh, which keeps him here until next summer. Um, I think Balligan has been able to come in. I think he's been an able deputy at times. I think that we played him out of position as a forced hand. Uh, at right back at times, and he's been exposed, and certainly we saw that within the last all-firm game. Um, but by and large, you know, you've got to put that to one side because, again, as I say, it's, it's extraordinary circumstances. Um, I'm very encouraged by this, and I think that Balleghan provides some quality backup uh, to our central defence. And I think he's been a big part of, uh, you know, the the success that we've had defensively this season in terms of so few goals conceded, unbeaten domestically, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I'm 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 very encouraged by this, and I think it's a good move by by Rangers to to keep him here for another year.
0: I totally agree. I think it's a very sensible decision. The gaffer said on many occasions he likes to to have four centre backs, and we know obviously the the COVID idiots earlier in the season, and George Edmondson is, is at Derby now and is an unlikely to wear a Rangers shirt again. But Jack Simpson's obviously come in. I wouldn't I don't want people perhaps to just remember or judge Liam Ballion on his performances at fullback, as you said, because it's not his natural position. He has looked a wee bit out of his depth there. But in terms of when he plays in his natural position of, of centre back, I have absolutely no issues with him. A guy with international experience that you've got in on a free, and if he's keen to stay and we're keen to keep him, why would you not? Uh, sign him up for another year. I just wonder what that means, perhaps, Cami, for Nico Katic. Obviously, coming back from a very serious knee injury, if if we have goals in there, obviously, halander Baligan, Jack Simpson, perhaps we might try to put a loan deal in place for Nico Katic and somewhere where he's going to get playing week in, week out. Because when you come back from an injury like that, the way his development was going of perhaps playing every other week or maybe every one in three, that's okay at his age. But when you're coming back from such a serious injury, you want to probably see how the, the knee holds up to the, the rigors of competitive football every week. So if that means he's he's getting a loan at a club or he's going to get a lot of minutes, because I still would like to see him being part of the long-term plans we know he loves the club he's a passionate big guy and I think it would be unfortunate for him to be perhaps written off before he's had a chance to to prove that that he can come back from this you know we saw physically how he looked in pre-season last year before he obviously unfortunately did pick up the injury but it'll be interesting to see how things develop over the summer months
1: It will be and you know it's it's always interesting Laura when we talk about this because we talk it's like we're talking about purely one position and almost to a certain extent because we take Conor Goldson for granted um, because of the amount of football that he's played I mentioned beforehand about players this season, Conor Goldson is right up there as well and and it's really funny because we always just talk about one position we don't, as a pair of centre-halves We're only really concerned with 50% of that berth. Um, I think what's important is, as you say, I would like, I I totally agree with you regarding Niko Katic. I would like to see what we can be able to try and offer him um, in terms of we're not that. It's playing time of some degree. So we're not that's with ourselves as part of that potential rotation as Goldson's partner. We might end up having to give Goldson a bit of a rest you know, next season, you know, at certain points depending on the campaign, etc., and then that might mean having to play a, a new partnership that that hasn't played together before. We don't know, um, but I totally agree. I would like to see Nico Katic remain, and if we have to put him out on loan, to allow him the opportunity to get proper game time, I've got zero doubt Katic would have an issue with that. Um, as long as the the longer term aim was to bring him back into uh, into the club and uh, back into the first eleven as well, so we'll have to wait and see. So regards, what happens with that. Um, we're what, speaking in the, the current
0: oh, climate. Yeah. Sorry, we're speaking in the current climate as well, Cammy. I would like to see the next one to extend their contract be Connor Goldson, but in the form he's in, I'm sure there will be and just south of the border, and also Philip Helander is a good asset as well. And you never know, come the summer, there there could be potential Ita- Italian teams interested in him again. You know, we're, we're talking about this in the current climate, but we just don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of months. And perhaps that's the position that we're in now, that we have so many sellable assets. And if if the deal is, is worthwhile, then, you know, we're probably going to accept it and, and build again. But what a fantastic place to be in compared to even a couple of years ago.
1: I think, yeah, the, the, the point there around whether or not, you know, if Gold if Goldson was to be able to be offered, a, I think we will offer him a contract. I think he will look to be able to try and, and, and extend because he will look at the opportunities that not only are afforded to him uh, on a European stage uh, and what the options are if we were to be able to try and get into the Champions League. But I think that, you know, he's already said himself he's playing some of the best football of his career. Um, he's a de facto, I mean, he is vice-captain, but he's a de facto captain in the park, as we've already kind of said as well. He's very much in that kind of position of authority. Um, and I definitely feel that, you know, as much as, and I do want to call it out, because I do think we take it for granted. We very much talk about the rotation of who will be Goldson's partner. And that is because of how great he has been, how reliable he has been. Um, but he, you know, he will have to be able to try and take some of those rests, Even, you know, playing against Cove Rangers, for example, last week, um, it was it was a game that I thought, well, maybe we'll give him a bit of a rest. But he just obviously wants to keep playing, and I think just because of how much he enjoys his football here, um, I would be very very surprised to see him consider a move down south. It would have to be something uh, pretty out of the ordinary, I think, to to turn his head. But listen, you know, you're absolutely right. The summer will be, um, you know, its own transfer. Uh, saga as we always kind of as we always kind of see so that will bring up its own particular challenges as well now laura um We are recording this on Friday afternoon um, and yesterday evening, uh, Rangers released a statement to say that as of 7pm yesterday evening, which was the 8th of April, uh, our players and management will take part in a week-long boycott of all social media uh, channels. Um, The club statement said this is to underline the ongoing concerns over a lack of accountability and responsibility from social media outlets. And in particular, we are concerned with the daily racist abuse our players have to endure and believe that all social media can be a very positive and healthy platform for communication. There is uh, undoubted concern for the levels of hate that are now spiralling out of control. Um, If anyone wishes to read the full statement, including comments from uh, Rangers MD Stuart Robertson, please jump onto the Rangers website to see that. So, Laura, this is, um, I think, a unified front from um, the club players. Uh, and management to um, step away from their own social media profiles. The club's main social media profile will still continue to operate. Obviously, it's a big news facility for fans around the world as well. So that will continue to operate. uh, But they are looking to be able to try and make a statement of this. Other clubs have uh, joined um, in that regard. Uh, I think it's a very uh, proactive approach. I think it will be interesting uh, to see what the next steps will be, but fundamentally, the club doing an excellent job, in my opinion, of showing the degree of togetherness that these players who suffer this horrendous abuse online from faceless accounts—you uh, know—they suffer it as, as the statement says, on a daily basis. Uh, we need to make changes. Uh, Glenn Camara was excellent in his interview uh to itv during the week where i felt you know my my heart broke for him if i'm being perfectly honest uh because again like you say some of the messages he receives you know from these online accounts are vile there has to be greater accountability there has to be greater responsibility by these platforms in terms of maybe verifying users before they are allowed an account and who they can then possibly access etc change has to come reform has to come um it might be a tough ask for rangers to be the cornerstone of that but in order to be able to generate that awareness and to create it and to move it in the right direction and potentially garner further support um, it's an excellent first step I think uh, to draw massive awareness to this issue
0: The club have been fantastic throughout this whole terrible episode I think Cammy and the togetherness of the club from the top to the bottom Seeing the manager speaking to the representatives of Slavia on the sideline with Ross Wilson on one shoulder and Douglas Park on the other shoulder, it sounds wrong to say that I was pleased to see it because it was such an awful situation, but it shows the togetherness of the whole club you know obviously i'm a big advocate of the rangers women's team and they are joined the players are joining in on in this as well nick doherty had it up on social media last night that the women's players will be joining the the social media boycott and we need people to talk about this and to keep talking about it and to keep thinking about it obviously the club have done an excellent job the the glenn camara interview on ITV that you mentioned as upsetting as it was it's important we don't want this to be an incident and in a month's time it's forgotten about and the club aren't doing that they're keeping it to the forefront and I think that that's really important and there has to be an a level of accountability from the likes of Instagram Facebook they're too many people as you say getting abuse on a daily basis and it's frustrating it it makes you angry and these social media platforms they they seem to be ignoring it and and letting it go and it's it's not really acceptable for me and you or I will have no experience of being abused for the colour of our skin I can't even begin to imagine how upsetting that would be so for the club to back the players and rightly so. And to see that the fans backing the players a hundred percent has been fantastic. And I know K-Mar Roof had a, a message out in his socials during the week about all the, Yes, there's the the abuse he's getting, but he said he sees the positive messages. He sees the love from the fans and it does mean a lot to him. And I just want the players to continue to kn- to know how much we support them and how much we do love them.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? And that's what I think that we've been superb at as a club. And as you say, from you know the uh, for the chairman right on down, we are looking to be able to absolutely support our players and employees, um, in terms of uh, an issue which impact, impacts them greatly. It would be you know easy for Rangers to say you know we'll support Glen Camara and what we can do et cetera. And as you say, probably leave it at that. It would have likely died a death a few weeks' time and. That's been the problem. That's been the path that this has always gone down, is that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take the actions and we'll have a pretty TV advert and we'll have cards that players absolutely. will hold up and stuff. And, and nothing else will come off the back of that. Um, and this and then six months that, later,
0: we're here again, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably where you see guys like Glenn Kamara and Connor Goldson and stuff uh, feel so... Um, I, I probably Helpful. want to say disconnected. Yeah, they are. They're disconnected. They're, they're kind of lost at sea in terms of wanting the protect and support from the governing bodies, uh, being able to try and do something about this as well, because the, the, the action has been so ineffectual uh, that they've taken previously. The, the, there just hasn't been that reform for change. And again, Rangers, I think that within this global market, have been able to try and focus on this. We're not one of the big players within the markets that UEFA will protect whatever potentially possible. Um, so the noise that we can make at that regard will be somewhat limited. Being able to try and do something like this and taking steps in other directions for me, I think not only shows a degree of proactivity and creativity in terms of how we tackle it, but it could be the first step. And if other people are willing to come on board with that, and then, as I say, we hold some of the social media platforms to account, um, Rangers could be the principal architect of being able to get that process rolling. Um, and hopefully it, it continues to, to gather uh, more and more attention and focus and support as, uh, as, as it goes on and stuff as well. So very, very well done to the club and um, everyone involved there. Um, in terms of coming up with this as a, as a unique idea. And Again, like I say, we all hope, irrespective of our own backgrounds, and Laura, you've hit the nail on, your, on, on the head, our own ignorance in terms of what these guys have to go through on a daily basis. Everyone hopes that it, it generates the success that we're, we're hoping it to as well. Um, moving on to Sunday then, Laura, we're back in, in league business against the Hibs as they come to Ibrox for Sunday afternoon's kickoff. Um the manager uh, and Phil Palander were the, uh, at the Small Express conference and they were asked around, uh, you know, being able to, uh, to to face the challenge from Hibs. There's a bit in there, Laura, around, you know, Hibs have not been an easy team to beat this season. Um, we probably uh, struggled at times against them, but came away with positive results. Um, and again, like you say, they have been one of the very few teams to be able to try and take points off of us across the course of this season. Um they will be a tough challenge. I think that for me, one major piece of incentive that we're going to see from all of the teams um, that we're going to see between now and the end of the season, Laura, is to take our unbeaten uh, title off of us. Um, I think that teams will feel, because I think by and large, principally, most of the positions will ratify themselves. You know, if you're going to stay in third, you'll stay in third. It won't be too much of a a change to it. Um, And I think Hibs have, more or less found that they, they will probably stay there without too many difficulties the challenge here will be for Hibs to, to come and and they will be motivated in terms of being able to try and take the unbeaten record off of us we will face a challenge and um, you know we obviously have uh, Celtic in the next round of the Scottish Cup at Ibrox uh, a week tomorrow so we know that there will be some difficult games coming up certainly in the short term but Hibs will definitely fancy it uh we we may see it as as a good opportunity to get some uh some proper challenge just immediately prior to the old fun game uh but we played with a great degree of professionalism against cove Rangers i'm very comfortable we'll be able to do the same thing uh against Hibs and and get the three points
0: i think we're geo performance against them Cami, which sounds probably a little strange after two wins and a draw but we haven't been at our best in any of the games against Hibs, I don't think. But that's what good teams do, isn't it? You don't play well, but you, you find a way to win and to get a result. And that's why Rangers have been champions since March. In terms of, I think the the international break perhaps came at a good time. And I know Gary McAllister talked about we had talked about amongst ourselves as fans about it being a bit of a mini season and they seem to be taking the same attitude towards it. And I haven't watched the Cove game. I'm sure we can all agree that there's no lack of hunger and desire in the players. And it's not too often. I know obviously the Scottish cup is the priority and we want to win the double, but it's not too often you get to April time and you have an opportunity to have an, an unbeaten season and, players are playing for jerseys at this stage i think and i know some people think that perhaps we should well <laughs> we should be resting players in the league and focusing on the on the cup but i don't really see a reason as to why the sort of key players can't play you know every weekend because we've we've done it before uh, saturday thursday or sunday thursday in the europa league and we've we've managed it quite well so while i think there will be a little bit of tinkering in terms of personnel i i don't th- think we're gonna see wholesale changes in the league side and obviously with the scottish cup game being an old firm game you're certainly going to be picking your strongest team in that so i think we can keep pushing on, on on both fronts and i i don't there's nothing that that gives me any sort of worry if you like and i I'm more than confident that we'll get a result on Sunday and, and then we can head into the, the Scottish Cup, which is the priority with the league already wrapped up. But as I say, it would be a nice achievement to go the season unbeaten as well.
1: Is that a priority for you? I mean, well, I suppose, well, let me put it to you another way. Um, I've got a lot of confidence in this team that if we were to figure out lose against Hibs, that we would be able to regroup to be able to get ourselves into the proper motivation to face Celtic uh, on Saturday, which, by the way, folks, sorry, I maybe should have mentioned this, was confirmed uh, because it's on uh, Premier Sports. will be a four o'clock kick-off on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, but Laura, I think cause I totally agree with your point around um, the players should be able to try and play, but I actually think that when we had a high run of, of, of frequency of games, that it served us better. Because we 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 were able to kind of get that turnaround quite quickly, but we we more or less kept the same level of of um, players involved. Uh, there was very little purposeful rotation. Um, we we put out a very strong team against Cove Rangers, um, and I think that for me, even if in a worst case scenario if we were to lose to Hibs, I think we've got the opportunity to bounce back. So therefore, we should use Hibs probably rightly as you say of those players not necessarily playing for the jersey because i don't know if there's too many who are kind of chapping on the door to be able to try and take over a counterpart most of the positions are relatively solid but a good opportunity to say right let's properly take it to us because without that sounding disrespectful to to anyone else involved within the tournament you know celtic would have been our toughest competitors at any point in the tournament but the fact that we've got them in the next round for me suggests right, it has to be maximum effort to be able to get there, put in intensity and we should be able to beat them without too many issues. Therefore Hibs, within its own sphere, should be able to try and allow us the opportunity to get properly set up for that.
0: Yeah. In terms of fighting for jerseys, I in maybe a handful of positions, not even certainly, I think, in maybe one of the, the more advanced forward positions, there's perhaps still a question there, arguably in the midfield three and maybe, um, depending depend what happens with Nathan Patterson and obviously James Tavernier's return, perhaps at centre-back as well. But I think, uh, as you mentioned earlier and you asked me, I don't think an unbeaten season is a priority. No, the, the Scottish Cup is absolutely the priority but I do think there's a, a really good opportunity there to go unbeaten and the squad is so strong you know we have two players for every position and I I know perhaps the the, the emotional side of it we've wanted this for so long and you wonder is it is it hard for the players to get motivated now that the title is in the bag but I don't have any of those sort of concerns with them and especially after watching that performance on Sunday and uh, no disrespect I know it was only Cove Rangers but that hunger and that desire was there and I think Stephen Gerrard's the the type of man that he's not gonna let the players ease off it for for a moment and I I just don't uh, I don't want to say that and potentially put the scud on it but I, I just don't see where we are gonna drop a drop a result in terms of dropping points or or losing a game I just have so much faith in this team and they just go have been going from strength to strength for me
1: i think yeah and i think probably what I would look for there and i think you know reading between the lines of what you're saying there you're actually saying about a drop in attitude and that and that is is just not on the cards whatsoever in terms of just what you've a seen.
0: psychological thing yeah. You? Yeah, you, you've, yeah, you've worked so hard for something, you know, you can have it in your own working life, you might work so hard to get a job and then it happens and you have that sort of adrenaline drain of when it actually does happen for you and that that is that could happen but that, that's probably something I'd be more concerned about next season rather than from here to the, the end of May
1: Yeah, and that that for me, I think, and it's funny because the manager has spoken um, around the fact that, you know, he's been very, very disappointed in his record in cup competitions since becoming manager. Um, So for me, there's a definite desire from him to be able to try and get it. And I don't believe for a single minute that, you know, anyone involved at Rangers, whether it's the, the manager, his staff, the players, the boardroom, anyone, anywhere, is turning and saying, well, we'll win the league, so you know what difference does it make? And I think for the Hibs game in particular, I think it gives us the opportunity to look at um, how we can propel ourselves into that next step. Because we did this, if you remember, in twi- uh, 2016, beating Celtic in the semi-final. And I still believe that to a certain extent we kind of switched off, ironically, as we're talking about them, against Hibs in the final. And it cost us. And I, listen, I know plenty of people, you do too, who will turn around and say to you, yeah, but that semi-final, you know, it, it really spoiled what was a, a, an incredible event because we didn't go all the way to win the tournament. And listen, that's life of being a Rangers fan. It's, you know, unless you get the Cup, it doesn't really mean much. Um, so I think that for Hibs in particular, they'll want to be able to try and come. They've got Strin in the next round of the Cup. So they won't have to be pragmatic in terms of their resources and, and who they can kind of put out against this. Um But I definitely would fancy us to be able to try and get a result as long as we've got that kind of mental focus. Uh, The manager said in this morning's press conference that uh, James Tavernier has an outside chance of being able to play against Celtic, as you kind of mentioned there, whether it was going to be him or Nathan Patterson, Laura. Um, And it was uh, an outside chance. I would read between the lines there and say that I would probably suspect to see Nathan Patterson in a right-back. A a berth which, for me, especially following his Cove Rangers performance, I think he's earned.
0: Yeah I totally agree as, lo- as lo- long that sounds, sounds bad but as long as it's not Balligan I, if it's Patterson or Tavernier at full back either or is is fine for me but as I said we have two players for every position and I think we have a not, more than enough strength and depth to not have to put all our eggs in one basket if you like with the Scottish Cup and I, I was talking to a couple of friends about this and you know We're going to be playing every other week, I know people said about save the, save the side for the Scottish Cup and, and perhaps play the fringe players in the league, but that's quite a difficult thing for an athlete as well to only play every other week and expect to turn it on. We know the likes of Conor Goldson, James Tavernier, a lot of Stephen Davis, Alan McGregor, a lot of these guys, they want to play every minute of every match and you touched on it earlier the more football we had the better we played so I think there's no reason why we we can't continue to fight on both fronts I know that the title's already wrapped up as we keep mentioning but there's there's no reason why we can't continue to win games in the league and go on beating
1: I think the only person who's happy at being dropped is Alfredo Morelos because it gives him the opportunity rested, to throw rested. <laughs> uh, Well, all right, rested, let's say rested, but it gives them the opportunity to throw things at James Tavernier When he's sitting on the bench and he can then uh, scud him with some sort of bit of paper or tape or whatever it was, probably forcing him to get that contract signed. So thank you, Alfredo, for uh, getting Tav uh, moving funny. on.
0: There. <laughs> and, then, and then um my fellow country person coming up and giving them a bit of a telling off
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I always wonder how uh, how easy it is to to manage Alfredo Morelos because uh, I listened to a, a, a webinar that, uh, that Tav did a wee while ago with the MIGR's members and it was absolutely brilliant folks if you ever get the opportunities a MIGR's member to get into these webinars please do everything you can to be able to get into them because they're absolutely fantastic they're I think the next good, ones
0: very good I,
1: I think the next one's with uh, James Bisgrove and Ross Wilson. Um anyway, uh and one of the questions that was asked by one of the MyGR's members, uh, this was the tab, was, you know, uh, what's Morellos like in training? And he's like a pest, an absolute pest. And the thing is though that Laura, you and I see all the training ground pictures of him, uh, you know, running about and just, you know, playing about the kind of class clown and stuff as well. But uh, I've said it before, even when he scores goals, you know, a, a happy Alfredo just warms my heart. But uh, yeah, uh, funny to see him being able to try and create some of that uh, ca- camaraderie as these kind of guys are sitting watching the Cove game. Um, Laura, just, yeah. before we, just before we wrap up in the Hibs game, uh, I always like to, to ask my guests on, uh, on Extra if you'd like to uh, offer me a prediction. And if you think we'll score any goals, who do you think will score them? I'm going for... A-
0: Two 0 Rangers win, and the goal scorers will be Connor Goldson and Alfie if he plays.
1: Okay, we'll uh, we'll pick uh, Alfie and Connor. Who will I go with? Uh, so I will. I'll go three nil. I feel pretty confident with it. I'll say Ryan Kent will get one. Um, I like Connor Goldson, good opportunity yeah. So we'll see him maybe from a corner. Um and uh let's go I'll go Nathan Patterson again. Let's just put it out there his goal was superb against Cove Rangers and I'm I'm incredibly encouraged for the lad as well. Um the manager did make some comments in this morning's press conference, Laura, around the the appeal that Rangers have put in regarding our uh, our COVID five. Uh, the hearing will take place uh, with the SFA date uh, described as, or uh, they came out today to say, the date will now be confirmed as the 20th of April. And the manager was asked about this, he, you know, and he described as, you know, we don't have any control over when the, the SFA picked the dates. Uh, you know, our friends at the other side of the city have made reference to inconsistencies with regards uh, you know the, the the SFA punishments, which our manager also incurred. Uh, he he had said, you know, there aren't consistencies within this, and he can understand. And a wonderful line that he used, Laura, which was, you know, he understands that John is concerned. I would be if my best, if the best players were playing against me as well. <laughs> uh, which I thought was a tremendous compliment for Nathan Patterson in there as well um, listen all joking aside I think that the manager did make you know some great points in this morning's press conference around um, you know the, the the lack of process here how to be able to try and do it now we're not advocating anyone doing Covid breaches please don't think that folks right because go back and listen to the pods when this all kind of came out you will hear some very very angry voices about it at the time including my own but that being said, we're kind of so far down the road with this now, Laura, that I think the manager's right to turn around and say, look, you know, we we, we have an opportunity within the process. Um, we will look to be able to try and appeal it. If that appeal is upheld, you know, brilliant. If not, then we accept the punishment. We have already punished the players ourselves. Uh so they, you know, they have faced um, you know, that citation. We've we've done all of that internally, we've we've picked all of that up. Um, but interesting to see our manager probably get into a wee bit of that, uh, that wee bit of needle in terms of saying you know this is not anything to do with us. It is the SFA. Maybe you should direct it towards them.
0: Totally, yeah. And if they want to get into a war of words, perhaps I thought he handled it perfectly as as he has with everything this season in terms of his pressers and his interviews and so on. Rangers don't control when the hearings are held, as he said, and. He made a point of agreeing with their manager in terms of I agree with the inconsistencies from the SFA because let's be honest that's something that the the club have reiterated throughout the season the the inconsistencies and perhaps in the past when you're saying things like that and you're not winning titles and you're you're on the chase it's perhaps can be just seen as sour grapes and. Be dismissed, but now we're back at in our rightful place at the, the top of Scottish football. You we're continuing with these messages of inconsistency, and and they cannot be ignored. And as you said, we're not excusing COVID breaches not at all. The, the club were really strong with their punishment punishments for the for the lads involved, but it's just an, a consistency with the outcomes of the bans. You know, compared to previous situations and. Fair play, you know. He he did mention the Dubai incident. He he did mention the Aberdeen bans and that a lot of them were suspended. And we've touched on this on on various other shows. There was no disputing the previous COVID breach by two of our players and the punishment that was handed out. And we weren't going to appeal that. The club considered everything and said, you know, you're at fault here, and you'll just have to to deal with it. But in this case for the band to be quite substantial and they feel that all of the evidence hasn't been taken into account. And as the manager rightly said, he is the only person who knows exactly what happened and, and what the information is. People in the media and fans of our you know our club and other clubs can try to guess what happened or try to come up with their own social media or WhatsApp stories, but they're the only people Rangers and the SFA are the only people who know exactly what happened and Rangers aren't going to challenge the process unless they think it's due they they're not we're not a type of club who appeals decisions for the for the sake of an appeal which obviously as i said we saw with the two previous players and the other incident we didn't appeal that but on this occasion they obviously think that there's good reason to and Yes, it's going to take a while for the hearing to be heard, but (laughs) that's outside of Rangers' control. So, again, if you have a problem with that, take it up with with the powers that be in the SFA and deal with these inconsistencies, which we have seen throughout various means, whether it be COVID, whether it be red cards. Um, There isn't a consistent approach to dealing with these sort of things, and it does need to be looked into on a wider scale.
1: No, it does. And listen, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I could, we could spend the next hour talking about, uh, you know, the, the necessary overhaul of the SFA and, and, you know, resulting processes, but, you know, we're, we're not going to have it. It, it. They kind of fumble it uh, from one step to another. So we'll just have to see what happens. Um. OK, well, listen, that's nearly us. But Laura, before we go, um, I, as our resident heart and hand uh, women's football expert, um, it would be remiss of me not to touch on the fact that uh, the women's team have been back in action. And I don't know, can we officially call it a tonking of Hearts last weekend of six nil win? Uh, an absolutely fantastic performance by the Rangers women were back in action um, this Sunday against the uh, Spartans. Um, great to see the women's team getting um into action because it's just been a horrendous stop start for uh I want to say the kind of the, the, the kind of project, the programme and the amount of focus that we put into the into the women's team because as we know with last season and get called early and then we we had the, the, the stuttered start of getting this season underway. We're now finally there, thankfully. Um and it's fantastic to see not only uh, the players have been able to try and come together and actually play proper games and stuff as well but uh, some fantastic performances that, that they've already been able to produce
0: Yeah, great to see them back and they're in a proper title race, coming Glasgow City have won 13 titles in a row but Rangers are top of the table at the moment on goal difference and I watched the game on Sunday it's, it's good to have the opportunity to get new eyes and obviously current eyes for people who can't go to games in this this covid environment that we're living in to get an opportunity to watch rangers women so they were on the the red button or on bbc online on the weekend and then this weekend's game is is on bbc Alba. so if you're watching the men's game at three o'clock set your box to record 10 past four kickoff and you can watch the men's game and then have a rangers feast and watch the ladies game after they played so well on on sunday they'll probably actually ironically be a bit disappointed to have lost or sorry to have only won 6-0 they were 5-0 up at half time, and we were talking about it on on the women's show. It could come down to goal difference. It's it's really that close. The title race and that might have to actually be a motivating factor in other games. If you're five 0 up at half time, keep the foot foot in the throat and try and score five in the the second half. But I I really don't see any reason why the, the girls can't be lifting their their first title come June. And obviously it's a it's a fluid situation. And let's hope that things are on the turn now with COVID and they do get to, to finish their season over the next couple of months, because as you say, it has been very stop start, which is very frustrating because the Rangers women have turned full time and there's been significant investment over the last couple of years and they really haven't got a, an opportunity to get a proper run on it run at it, but there's some fantastic players there. And if you haven't watched women's football before, I would urge you to to give it a to give it a chance and to watch Rangers women because you never know you might enjoy it.
1: Yep, for sure, and and I think um it's uh, it's just great to be able to try and see them building now because I think you know it's so frustrating for for as you say the the, the game's been called off and, and 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 all the the thankfully the the postponements rather than cancellations now. Uh, but yeah i think uh, some 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 great work within there as well in terms of uh what they've got the opportunity to be able to achieve and i think we spoke about it uh during the week about some of the you know the comments going around when we won the title when the men's team won the title that you know the rangers women were sending each other messages saying look this is what we're capable of doing this is what we can reach for um which I think shows a great togetherness within the squad, et cetera, as well. So yeah, absolutely, if um, you fancy an absolute Rangers feast on Sunday, folks, and why wouldn't you? Um, Then you've got both the men's and women's teams playing um, in the afternoon. Um, Just before we go, uh, just a quick shout out to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers. If you've enjoyed listening to to Laura and myself, um, please jump over to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where um, we do have dedicated shows about the Rangers women's team, which Laura is um, uh, is involved in is absolutely excellent on as well uh, with our other correspondent as well David Marshall. Uh, We have got daily updates for you Uh, we will have pre and post match um, updates from uh, our commentator on the go I suppose is probably the best we can put our inside man David Edgar who um, is able to uh, give us the impressions from inside Ibrox as he's still attending the games thankfully Um, and also we uh, we've even got some specialist shows like for example we've got daily shows this weekend covering the Masters so if you're a golf fan as well we've got something in there for you too so please jump over and join us with over uh, 5,000 Rangers fans already in there as well Laura thank you for being such a wonderful guest as always um, it's just great to you on the show and uh, and thank you for providing a, a great level of insight as you always do
0: thank you cammy always enjoyable to talk rangers especially with you
1: oh what a sweetie what a sweetie right if you'd like to um as you say, enjoy getting the, the three points on Sunday. Please uh, make sure that you are watching us on the uh, on the box, and we will be back with you on Monday with our flagship show, uh, where David will be back along with, I'm sure, another few of his guests. Uh, Laura, he's a lucky chap. He still gets into these games. He lives a life at Um <laughs> He's just he's just one lucky so and so.
0: Yes, when I grow up, I want to be like David Edgar.
1: There you go. And what child hasn't said that? That's the question. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Let's get three points on Sunday and we'll speak to you again at the beginning of next week. Thanks all.